we just knock it out of the park with everything we do. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with SNM. Hello. We are on episode 22. Yes, and I want to start by reading this article I found on comicbookresources.com. Okay. Yes, that is a site I frequent. Go ahead I and laugh. I believe wait. you. It's a good website. It's better than comicbook.com. Comicbook.com is literally just pure clickbait at all times. Yeah, it's I go constant. to it all the time. It, no, not really. But it shows up in my Facebook feed all the time. Yes. It, and if you follow them on Facebook, which I no longer do, it, it is con- it's like every other post it is comicbook.com and, and the headlines are so misleading. And it's just it's just terrible. However, comicbook resources is a lot more legit site. However, I, I, I found this this headline and I, I just thought it was funny. So I wanted to share. Okay. So here's the headline. Thanos worshipping subreddit wants to ban Jeremy Renner from joining. Yeah, that's the Thanos. <laughs> Thanos worshiping, worshiping or worshiping? Because you just said it the other way. Does it matter? I'm just asking. Worship or worship is I, I say both. You do I'm say crazy. both. You said both. Like I'm, just yeah, now. I'm, I'm I'm crazy that way. You're a wild and crazy so anyway, guy. Uh, this subreddit is called Thanos did nothing wrong, and it is currently making internet waves for its plan to ban half its members, which is <laughs> which is funny. That's awesome. So they also want to ban Jeremy Renner from joining. There's a user who has started a petition to keep the Hawkeye actor from joining the sub Reddit, explaining simply that they want to make sure Jeremy Renner doesn't join this sub, just like he didn't appear in Infinity War. It gets better. This subreddit has seen a significant increase in activity since their mission went viral, adding another 100,000 members since Wednesday, last Wednesday. This has seen a rash of new memes posted, as well as dozens of new petitions, including one to get Benedict Cumberbatch to join, and another one to give Tom Holland the list of bans in advance so he can spoil them. (laughs) There are so many petitions now, in fact, that there are also petitions to stop creating petitions. (laughs) So I I just thought I thought that was amusing. It's like when you when you see like the notes up at work, like people leaving passive aggressive notes and then people attach passive aggressive notes to the passive aggressive notes. When I worked in um, staffing, there was a manager like I was the branch, but he was the like direct recruit and yeah. he couldn't stand dishes in the sink. And he would always put up signs that said like, oh, you know, do your own dishes. Don't leave dishes in the sink. So then we would all leave more dishes in the sink. <laughs> I guess that reminds me of the petition to ban petitions. Now, and then I have this. This is just something I looked into because it's something we were discussing. I don't think we discussed it on a podcast, but I, I think any pet owner dog owners especially could probably relate to this so i found this about uh you told me barbara streisand had her dog cloned yeah so here's an article about that and how much it costs to have your pets cloned oh i don't know so it used to be you could only have this done in south korea i believe yeah that was the only place that was doing it. however there i think there's an american laboratory now in 2016, the first dog cloned on American soil was born, a Jack Russell Terrier named Nubia, who was cloned by the Texas-based company Viagen. They have since cloned over 100 dogs and cats. 
according to a January 2018 story by the Daily Beast. They started off cloning livestock. Uh, they are reportedly the only U.S. company performing pet cloning. So here, how much do you think it costs to clone a dog? $25,000. So NPR reported that this the South Korean company Soam Biotech Research Foundation, they were charging $100,000 back oh. in 2015. Oh. Uh, Viagen has slashed that price in half. They charge $50,000 to clone a dog, $25,000 to clone a cat, which just tells you right there, dogs are so much better than cats. Right? They are literally they're like, twice as good as cats. They're like, cats are, cat, like, why would you even want to do that? Now, this, this part is interesting here. The company also offers genetic preservation for $1,600, which involves a veterinarian performing a biopsy on the pet to remove tissue, which Viagen then saves, storing the pet's genetic information. I'm guessing... So then you could save up <laughs> to, right. to have your, your pet when you're, cloned. When you're trying to live without your pet later, right. you can then get them cloned. So for 1600 bucks, we could... No. <laughs> we could get a little biopsy of Crowley here. I don't want Crowley to go through a biopsy. Those suck. I, that's tiny, though, but that, that we could have infinite Crowleys. Do you have $50,000 I don't know about? No, but, I mean, surely... We'll we'll make fifty thousand dollars doing this podcast eventually. <laughs> oh hey guys, like, share, subscribe. Patreon. <laughs> Patreon, sign up for our a Patreon. new goal, fifty thousand dollars. Yes, new goal so we can clone Crowley. Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll uh we'll live stream it on yes. YouTube. Yes. So that way everyone can watch the cloning process. So yeah, those those are just uh two things I, I found entertaining and interesting. Do you have anything or do you just want to get into it? I don't really have anything. I mean, when when I was doing my research, I was actually, I found this little story interesting, and it's going to probably inspire some conversation. So yeah. I didn't find anything extra other than this. I am going to go first. All right. And even though I went first last week, because... Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I made the executive decision. I'm going to go first. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so, to segue into this, we're early internet adopters. Not early, early. Not 80s. Right. But 90s. I it, do remember reading... The, could I, sorry to throw you off track, but that just reminds me. When I first heard the term electronic mail... Yeah. It was, it was like late 80s, early 90s, and it was in a Playboy magazine hmm. where they had... It was some satirical article about government officials electronic mail trans and i had no idea what it even was yeah email yeah. so we're pretty early adopters do you remember bulletin board services yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay so that's kind of where this article comes from it goes back i mean it goes back as far as like 89 but this this article this was like the original reddit <laughs> right that's exactly what it was so i Listen to a podcast on this, and then I read a couple articles, and then I found this article that is actually, I'm guessing this is the article that all of the other places have used to research, because all of the facts I've heard are in this article. So I'm going to link to it on our website. It is from the Associated Press, publication date June 9th, 2000. Okay. Okay. In Indianapolis, he was Robert Paul Hokum, a successful computer-savvy businessman who started an internet service provider company called iQuest, but then died of a heart attack. Police then learned he was actually a fugitive 
named John Paul Oleshi, hmm. who had been on the run for 14 years, charged with attempted murder in Irving, Texas, of a police officer. That's oh. a fun story. And Oleshi, as far as investigators know, had more than 10 aliases. Wow. So this is a guy who literally started the ISP that Indiana used in Indianapolis. Oh, okay. And he was he was a, he was a fugitive who was going by an alias. And he started he and found he time to start an ISP. He started iQuest. Oh. So he was found dead on May 23rd, 2000 in one of his bedrooms in his $300,000 house in Noblesville, which is 20 minutes north of Indianapolis. And police were trying to track down relatives when they pulled out Hokum's driver's license. Yeah. And realized it was fake. Uh-huh. It was a paper. I guess back oh. at the time. <laughs> like fake, fake. It was fake. Well, I guess <laughs> I guess even in 2000, Indiana still had paper driver's license. But they were like, they were like. I've never had like, a paper driver's yeah, license. Yeah, me, me neither. Yeah, I got mine in the 90s. I'm just telling you. Yeah. So they did, but it was like laser printed. You know how like. Or what's it called? Dot matrix printing yeah. that. But this guy's driver's license. What is, it, is Indiana? Uh, okay, but I've never been to Indiana. But now all I can think of is Mike the Music Pence. Man. Mike Pence is was yeah. the governor. You remember, did you ever see the Music Man? No. Some movie from like the fifties or sixties, and he no. comes and he's like a music conductor or something. That's no. apparently that's still what Indiana is. <laughs> I have no idea what that. I don't get that reference, but yeah. The, this was in 2000. So, I mean, this was 18 years ago. Not like it was yesterday. But. Yeah. But again, I got my license in the 90s, the mid 90s. Yeah. It was not. They didn't have got, a dot matrix printer. I had. Good well, God. And then they were like perforated on the edges. But yeah. like this guy's was like inkjet printed and just cut. So they were like, "Ooh, this isn't real. So they basically. That's when they started Does this to figure mean out. Indiana is going to get daylight savings time at some point. Are they just behind? Is that why they don't have it? <laughs> like, good Lord. I mean, <laughs> their governor's Mike Pence. Like, what do you want? Right. So Holcomb was known to be a Greenville, Indiana native, a graduate from Indiana University and Caltech, as well as a Vietnam War veteran. Police now say none of that is true. Whoa. He wasn't any of those things. And now John Paulaleshi's story comes into bulletin boards, like I was asking if you remember bulletin board systems. Yes. Because among the scams he ran before settling down in Indianapolis was running a major Fidonet hub in Minneapolis, Minnesota. A who's he what? A Fidonet. Fidonet. If you saw the Fidonet logo, you would know it. It's I, like tight. It's like, like I feel like I've seen that. Yeah. Have like it's, a dog bone in there somewhere. It has this. It has this bowl, and it says Fido. Okay. Yeah, and it's like all made out of letters and numbers. Hmm. It's not like a logo logo. Yeah. So he was running this major Fido net hub in Minneapolis in 1988, and it came to be a major point of traffic for the Fido net network locally. Yeah. Because back then, like the internet was still it was big, but like not really. Like you were right. still pretty centralized, to like where you were. Yeah. Well, it unceremoniously came down when John Richards, which was one of 
Aleshi's aliases, suddenly di disappeared on a, quote, trip to Boston. Now, people, like, paid money for this. Like, this is, Fidonet cost money to have access to. Yeah. So he disappears, he takes this thing down, and he's taking everybody's money. And this guy, Steve Sherwick, was one of the, you know, victims or whatever. Yeah. And he wrote the following, and it's actually pretty, pretty big. I first made acquaintance with John under the name of John Richards in the fall of 1987. He had moved into the area and set up a bulletin board system called PC Info Exchange as a node in Region 14. At that time, the Twin Cities w were not up on the net, but they were preparing to create one. Like, that's how old this is. Yeah. It's like, we don't have internet here. Right. Wow. John entered the area claiming he had moved from Portland, saying that he was an officer in the U.S. Air Force and was assigned to Honeywell, a large defense contractor in the area, as an inspector in the avionics division. He said he was on assignment and he would be here for three years. So John apparently had good contacts in Portland and in the Fido community as well. And within two weeks, he had imported Echo Mail for, I don't know if you remember Echo Mail. I do. No. Echo Mail for a system other and then additional TC Metronet systems all combined, which, okay, whatever. That's like late 80s, early 90s internet. So I don't know. John made a really broad offer to us meaning Steve and everybody else, saying that as long as he was importing, he would be happy to scan any mail he was importing for anyone on the net. Well, this was like the goose that lays the golden eggs. So people were lining up to have him scan for him. Around November of 1987, the SysOps here, SysOps here, held a meeting to confirm that they would be forming a net in the area. And at that time, I was appointed network coordinator and John accepted the post of network echo mail coordinator. We applied for a net number. We were approved. PC information exchange was assigned. We have a, It goes into what nodes and all that. But the first real hints of difficulties were when we experienced an experience that came to an end in April. So in beginning in May of 1988, both Dan Seifert, and then he has his node number as if I, like, I'm going to look him up yeah. on a bulletin board. Let me jot that down. Right. And I received phone calls from John saying that he was being taken away to Boston and, and possibly closing on a home he had there. And he had passed, he had in the past made mention of possibly heading east. So it did seem plausible. That evening, for the first time in four months, PC Info Exchange went down. The lines were busy and there was no getting onto any of the bulletin board systems. Voice calls placed to John were answered by an answering machine. And normally, John religiously answered his phone call, This is John which was a weird personality quirk, but now nothing was happening. Like Nobody was answering the phone. Right. But if truly, if he went to Boston in 1988, he didn't have cell phones. Right. Those were not common. So the next the next day, he called in a panic. That's this other guy called. Long story short for this part is they invested $48,000 into Fidonet and Echo Mail yeah. with, with John. Right. And he made off with it. That's the long and the short of it. So I'm just going to skip that. Okay. So they were tracking him and then they lost him in November of 1989. So starting in 1990, Robert Hokum formed a business called Small System Specialists in Indianapolis. And he turned that into iQuest. Okay. It became a very legitimate business. 
It was sold for $23 million to ISP. Wow. And he received the money in February of 2000 and died of a heart attack in May of 2000. So this is a guy, and there's more to the story, like, that has come out since, like, his brothers talked about him. This is a guy who grew up defrauding people. He defrauded his brother when his brother was 16. He was like, give me all your money. I'll get you the Trans Am you want. And then... He never did. He never made. He took his brother's money and he never gave him a car. Did he take off or he just kept his money? He just kept his money. And mm-hmm. then the kid was like, well, what can I do? And he was like, oh, no, I can't get you that car. And I spent your money. Sorry. But it, because it was his brother, he was like, oh, it's OK. Which oh, fuck it, that. it's not OK. I'd beat but, my brother's ass. Well, then later when he got picked up for shooting the, the officer in Irving, Texas, what happened is he was being arrested for something like something minor. Yeah. And he got one of his hands loose. So he grabbed the officer's gun with that hand he got loose. Yeah. And the officer put the webbing of his thumb and forefinger. Yeah. This webbing here. Right. In between the hammer. So that way the gun couldn't go off when he pulled the trigger. Yeah. And when he pulled it out, it blew off John's finger because Ah. of how he had the like when he pulled his hand out because of where he had forced the gun to go. Right. But that's attempted murder. I mean, you've grabbed really? an officer's gun and you've tried to shoot him. I guess that is considered above the waist. I always yeah. I always understood that if if the bullet was below the waist, it was. Well, he didn't hit it. It didn't hit the cop at all. Right. That was John who got his finger. Oh. But he was trying to shoot him in the chest. Oh, OK. So he got a he got an attempted murder charge. But then he was on the run. He was on the FBI's most wanted list. Like he was seriously most wanted. He was he always wore an FBI hat as Robert Hokum. Nice. Because he was part of an you know, he was part of the the early internet. So with the internet has come disgusting things like child porn. Yeah. So he was actually working with the FBI as Robert Holcomb. Wow. To crack down on child porn in so like this guy started life crooked, right? Yeah. I mean he just did. And then he was he was able to go straight like he did it. But the thing is, he had done so much bad shit. Right. That he wouldn't have been able to if he had been himself. So he right. never married and didn't have kids. He was yeah. just but he lived his life till he died. And it's just <laughs> like, yeah, just like you do. <laughs> he lived right up until <laughs> yeah, the day he, he died. He lived right up until the moment he didn't live anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was when it was all when he died. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, but it's an inter- it's interesting because I have been catfished online, right? Like that's yeah. common. Yeah. Like that happened with the, that I had a friend back in I don't know, 2002. Right. So that's somewhere yeah, around somewhere around there who was like a totally different person and it turned out I was friends with her real personality and her is very creepy. But the point is that that happens. happened before the term catfishing existed. Yeah, that was pre catfishing. Yeah. But this guy is was a catfish too, like he, right. but in like a different way. He just sounds like a scam artist. He's a scam artist who, but like, also, but but at the same time, he he knew what he was doing though too. He, was like he could have done right. the, what what he was uh, claiming he was going to do for these people. He just didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just made <laughs> he off clearly the money. Was capable, and then he used all that money to start up a legitimate business. So he stole from people to set up a legitimate business with stolen funds that he then sold for $23 million. He gets $23 million. He got like two 12,000 or I'm sorry, two $12 million cashier's checks. Yeah. And then the balance in cash, 
was like 1.3 million. So he had like this really lucrative deal in 2000. Right. You know, I would take that now. And when did he die? Um, three months later. So in 2000. Yeah. How old so was he? 50 something. I don't know. He had a heart attack. He was fat. He was really, really, really big. That's why, that's the other thing I read is people were talking about how he always talked about how he was in the Air Force. Right. And people were like, you can't be in the Air Force at that size. <laughs> right. Like, you literally can't get in a plane. <laughs> like, you're you're too big. So people are like, that was a red flag. Yeah, I always wondered about that. Because that, the, what I just read the excerpts from are like, they're very, it's a very cut and dry. This came out in June. He had just died a week prior. Yeah. But when I read the interviews with people, they're like, there were red flags. We just didn't uh, notice <laughs> because back that's back when people didn't lock their doors. You know, like yeah. the Internet was just starting. It was it people was a more really innocent know time. what the Internet was. Right. Even. And it was just it was a lot more innocent back then. Now it's like everything is garbage. It's a constant dumpster fire all the time. <laughs> that's the Internet. Yeah. Especially Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't been active on our Twitter. Yeah, if you're I, following I, us on our Twitter, I have not been active on there. I don't know why I check Twitter. I actually no. I do know why I check Twitter. Sometimes you know I, I check it for the funny comments, you know, the funny tweets or the informational tweets, and most of it is just political ranting yeah. of the most you know very is either ex- mostly extreme left type stuff just because of the people I follow. But everything is constantly on fire on Twitter, though. Everything Always. is the worst. And you really have to, you know, with, with the left and the right, you really have to do some research to find more neutral news sources to find out right, what the real do. story is. You do, because everybody has a slant. Yeah. And that's why I actually got off Twitter recently because I went down the QAnon rabbit hole. And I told I you, like, I warned you about that. And I just cut myself off. I was like, okay, this is, this I, is fucking stupid. I just I'm not doing this anymore. I, like after QAnon, and I don't know how much we've talked about on the podcast. I know we mentioned it before. Right. But it's like. Isn't it absurd? It's just the dumbest it's shit. It's a crazy conspiracy theory that is so outlandish and dumb. And people buy into it like hook, line, and but again, sinker. because it's the internet, you don't know how many actual people are buying into right. it. You know what I mean? It seems like a like, lot. It always seems like a lot because it, I always feel like if I know about something, no matter what it is, if it's a if it's a movie or a band or whatever, if I know about it, I feel like everybody knows about it. You know what I mean? Speaking of movies, we saw Ant Man and Wasp. Yes, we did. Should we do a should we do a spoiler cast? There's not really anything to spoil. We could just kind of do a yeah. Uh, oh, there's nothing to spoil. Um, we did see Ant Man and Wasp. It was great. So very Wasp was awesome. Wasp was, was badass. She was badass. She was. I liked I liked her a lot better than in the first movie. Uh, and and and. Just her action scenes were great. Yeah, it was it was badass. Like she, she's a lot more badass than the Scott Lang Ant Man and stuff. But it's a it's a fun, enjoyable movie. I wouldn't say I give it a solid like seven, maybe a seven and a half, just because I mean, not that no. every movie has to blow you blow you away or or whatever. But in the you know consider I, I consider all those movies sequels of a of a sort you know in the Marvel universe. So when it, when I compare it to other movies like Avengers and Infinity War and stuff, it's it, and it, it's a it's a really good movie. And it's this, very entertaining. This is very a, fun. It's set the time while Infinity War is going on. Yes. So when they say like an Infinity War or whatever that he's on house arrest, like they pick, up, house arrest. they pick him up on like he's on house arrest. That's how it starts. So like it's really it really is good. You can really see where it fits in the timeline. I liked it. 
as hey, a general movie. You enjoyed I like it, that. and you, I couldn't even get you to finish watching the first uh, Ant Man. Yeah, it's because it's not that good, but like it's good. But this one's it's very way better. It's the same. It's it's like Ant Man and the Wasp. It's just it's a fun. It's a light hearted. That's what I like about the Marvel universe is you have you can have the heavier stuff, uh, you know, um, with the more serious stuff. But they they have like their their goofier movies too. Yeah, which are just fun, which makes sense when you have a character called Ant Man who can control ants, you know, and shrink and grow and stuff. Yeah, you and there's can't like, take it too seriously. And there's hilarious scenes where he's like, <laughs> he's like naming his new ants. Right. <laughs> like it's it's or, funny. or the scene in, in the in the elementary school, which I, I really liked. I thought that was very funny. Oh yeah. I don't want to spoil that. There's just it's just funny. funny there's a lot of funny. I mean, it's it's funny. And all the characters are great, including the including the the, the villains, if you want to call them that. Uh, I, I like I liked everybody, you know, I, I like how Marvel's approaching this with, with their villains, giving their villains relatable or understandable motivations. It's not always taking over the world or right. destroying this it's or that like or whatever. Pinky in the brain. Right. <laughs> We're like tonight. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. I like it. I and, liked it a and lot. Just if you haven't seen it and you're a Marvel, you're a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I will say this is something I've never said about a Marvel movie before. Don't bother watching the second, the the post credit scene. This the the credit scene that is actually at the very end of the credits is not worth staying for. It's just not. Nope. In my opinion, it, it, and that's the first time. And and there's been some that it, you know you could kind of say I don't know that that was worth staying for. Like the Spider Man Homecoming one where Captain America comes out and makes fun of you for staying. Yeah. Through the credits basically, but I, I thought that was funny. This one was like this was a basically a, just a slap in the face. Like, yeah. why are you even here? Like, why are you even here? There's nothing. To However, report. the first credit scene is great, and that's all I'm going to say about that. First credit scene is fantastic. Stay for that, then leave. There's only, I there's was, only two credit scenes. The first one is the only one you need to see. And I thought it was better than the Wolverine. Wait, what was it? No, Deadpool. You thought it was better than Deadpool's? Yeah. Wow. I liked it better. I thought it was okay. just like it was just like oh okay. All right, we now, can do this. And also, I, I did say, I did kind of call it, though. I mean, I'm not going to say in what way, but I told you why I was excited to go see Ant-Man. And again, I don't read, spoil, really you know, I don't read anything about movies. I don't want to know anything. I don't want to spoil anything for myself. But I just had a feeling there was going to be a really good post credit scene. And there was, and it was great. Yes. So that's, so. that's that. Yeah. But go see it whether you've, you're into the Marvel Cinematic Universe or not. Again, take your kids. Yeah, it's a really it's, good it's movie. It's a fun movie. It's a, yeah, it's fun. It's kid appropriate. You don't have to even see the first one to get the second. Nope. Like it's. That does just, help though because it does introduce all the characters, including it, it's just Scott good. Lang's business associates and everything. Who are like goofballs. It's really it's really good. All right. So that said, what are you uh, what are you doing today? I am very excited to talk about this. This is uh, this is my favorite horror movie of all time and it's called the evil dead which i i don't think you had seen before you you met me i'm guessing i no, i can guarantee i didn't see it before a I lot of you. people had, that are in my circle of friends had not seen this movie until they met me that's so weird i would show this movie to everyone that's so weird and so unexpected <laughs> it's my favorite it's my favorite horror movie of all time and uh, it's called the evil dead it was it was released in 1982 it's kind of it's there's different dates on the movie it it says 1981 it says 1982 some even some releases even say 1983 so yeah no but there has to be a date where it actually came out right right so what was that (laughs) 
that's a good question. In all my research that I've been doing, though, well, I've literally it was before seen the internet, so three it different wasn't well years. Documented. Right, exactly. So, uh, this movie was written and directed by Sam Raimi, who yep. you probably know from the Spider-Man movies, the early 2000s Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. The fucking killing Uncle Ben Spider-Man movies. I cried when they <laughs> killed Uncle Ben. So let me talk about Sam Raimi for a minute. So I, I knew him from Evil Dead, obviously. And then the next thing I really knew him from was Darkman, which seen is it. a very... He pretty much created his own comic book character in Darkman, played by Liam Neeson. And, yeah. Uh, so I knew him from that, and that's a very comic book-style movie. It's not based on a comic book, but it's a very comic book-style movie. Okay. And so when I, I remember when I first heard the news that Sam Raimi was going to be directing a Spider-Man movie, I was so stoked because his directing style was incredibly unique at the time. Like, you know, all that stuff now, you know, people, it, it gets... People get influenced by it and adopt it. So a lot of his techniques and stuff are kind of commonplace now. But I, he yeah, had a very I feel like style. well, I think he did. But Evil Dead still stands alone in how like we just watched it. Yeah. Like a minute ago. Yeah. A lot of the scenes, the cuts. There's the, a very there are certain things that, that are, are just very, very Sam Raimi and that you can even unique. see in things like Spider-Man 2, the scene where Dr. Octopus where, where they're getting ready to. They're, he's in surgery, isn't? And they want to cut off yeah, his, his, his metal limbs, and like that scene is like straight Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Yeah, great stuff. And that he did is, Drag Me to Hell, which was really that good. That is a good movie. I like that movie. It's a really good movie. And then I think he did. Did he do a Simple Plan? Who did a Simple Plan? That's I, a that's a shitty band, right? Yeah, but uh, I can't. There was another movie he did that I really liked, but it, that was kind of not his. Um, but I, I can't remember if it was a Simple Plan or if that was. Uh, who, who that was, but that was that was a movie where Billy Bob Thornton had a played a really I don't know a simple plan. Character. It just says Canadian rock group. Hold on, simple plan movie. Google that real quick. Yeah, let's, let's do the research during the show. Yeah, classic Sean. Classic. It's a drama slash crime from 1998, yeah. and really good movie. it was directed by Sam Raimi. Okay, that's what I thought. Really yeah. good, really good flick. You would like it if you haven't seen it. But again, uh, it's a lot so different from Evil Dead and and Spider Man. Like he did, what did he do? He did the that new Oz, that most recent Oz movie, I believe. Like I Oz about like prison or no, like no, no, no. Oz about like Wizard of. Yeah, like with James Franco. Oh, I, I don't no, know. I don't think anybody I don't saw I th that. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that doesn't sound like anything I would want to see. So anyway, Sam Raimi. Directed this movie. He was 21 years old at the time. Jesus fucking Christ. I have wasted my life. <laughs> so him and Bruce Campbell, friends in Detroit, and this other guy, uh, Rob Tapper, who went on to produce Evil Dead and, and, this, and its sequels and stuff. They were all friends. They grew up in Detroit, Michigan, and they would make movies like Super 8 movies all the time. Mostly comedies because Sam Raimi was a huge Three Stooges fan, which if you watch Evil Dead 2... You, you yeah. see that influence or, or, or Army of Darkness. You don't really see it in the first Evil Dead. Big, big Three Stooges fan. So almost as a proof of concept, he made a, a short film. It's like 32 minutes long called uh, Within the Woods to show investors to make the it, Evil Dead. It's weird that he made a proof of concept that was 32 minutes when the movie is only 80. <laughs> it's like 84 minutes, 85 Around there. They had 52 more minutes and they were like, it's a movie. So their goal was to raise $90,000 to shoot 
the Evil Dead. So in the end, after securing investors and figuring production costs, the film ended up costing between three hundred fifty thousand and four hundred thousand, is how much, which is still incredibly low budget. They yeah, didn't even hit a, half a million dollars. When you're expecting it to be ninety, that's a lot, significantly more. Oh, and by the way, this was in nineteen seventy nine. That uh, dude, I don't even know where I would go to secure investors. They didn't really either. When I've I've watched a shit ton of behind the scenes stuff over the years, and when you hear it, Bruce Campbell. And Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert, when you hear them talk about it, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. You know, they. Yeah, well, I mean, they're 21. Of course they don't. All right. So Sam Raimi himself was never really into horror movies. Huh? Yes. That's weird. He was actually terrified by them. Fortunately, his college buddy, Scott Spiegel, who loved horror films, got Sam into them. After making the short film, It's Murder, Sam and his friends, Bruce Campbell, Scott Spiegel, and Robert, thought to themselves they could make a full length movie. In the fall of 1978, they got the idea of making a horror film started researching and watching horror movies. They were encouraged by the late the, by the biggest low budget hits like Night of the Living Dead, Last House on the Left, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Raimi decided to base the film around the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, also known as the Book of the Dead. It was Is inspired, that a real book? It's something that it's no, it's like a fantasy thing. Well, that's what I thought. That's why I was like, he's gonna yeah. base it around that. And he I was inspired know. by his college history class and reading H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, okay. All right, got it. So originally the film was called The Book of the Dead and later changed to The Evil Dead. Now, the other thing from just from uh, watching behind the scenes stuff, another motivating factor was they would go see these, you know, the uh, drive-in theaters were real big at the time. And there was a lot of low budget horror movies at the drive-in theaters and also ratings the ratings board. You know, they kind of slipped through the cracks. These these low budget, quickly produced horror movies. So they would go see these movies, and they they basically thought to themselves, we can do better than this. Yeah. You know, we can yeah, do this. We like can do this we, better. why we started a podcast. Because we were right. like, oh, we're funnier than, like, them, because <laughs> you're not funny. Right. And we're not funny either, but we're funnier than you. Um, I am horrified at the idea of going to a drive-in to watch a horror movie. Really? Isn't that where you get murdered? Like, you get... In the horror movies, yeah. <laughs> but not in real life. Uh, you never went to a drive-in? I went to a drive-in as a kid. I saw Grease on TV, and they go to a drive-in in that. I've been to the drive-in a few. The last time I was at the drive-in, I went with my buddy Chuck and his then-girlfriend, and the, it, was a, it was always a double feature. The only thing I remember playing was a movie called U571, which was some kind of submarine movie with Bon Jovi in it, I believe. I fell asleep during I didn't. I don't remember the second movie because I fell asleep in I the saw, middle of the first movie. I mean, we have drive We have drive through around here. Well, not around here, but drive close in. enough. Drive-in. You've got drive-throughs everywhere. <laughs> but drive-in theater is not, not so common anymore. Oh, let's go let's go to the drive-thru. <laughs> I had to really go for some Taco Bell. Right? Non-spawns, but like seriously, I could go for some Taco Bell. Non-spawns. I just All love right. it. All right, so uh, the next step was recruiting cast and crew. Sam obviously was directing. Rob Tapper and Bruce Campbell were producers. And Bruce, of course, starred in the movie as Ashley J. Williams, also known as Ash. Let's talk real quick. Yeah. About Bruce Campbell. Okay. So is this his first movie? His first real movie, yeah. His first one that wasn't like the it's short film or, or whatever. Or, yeah. Or like people are dead or whatever the name of it was. But like Within the Woods. So wait, no. I thought there was another one that was like really spot on called like This is Murder. Oh, yeah. Or, this well, is dead just, people. It's murder. It's murder. <laughs> yeah, it's like very spot on. But I don't know. Anyway. If he, I guess he was in that. I don't that's really know. That's well, I don't that. But isn't he, like, still on an Evil Dead TV show? 
there was an evil is called Ash versus Evil Dead. Fans have been clamoring for an Evil Dead four for years since Army of Darkness almost. So this dude has been playing the same character my entire life. Yeah. Because I was born in eighty one. And then Stars, the the, the cable network Stars, uh, greenlit Ash versus Evil Dead. They had three seasons and and got canceled after the third. I haven't seen the third season. I've only seen the first two oh, seasons. Oh, you're part of the problem. <laughs> right, exactly. Apparently, I was see? a big part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not a big fan of TV. This yeah. is an issue I have. Dude, it happened to me with when Twin Peaks came back. It's yeah. like well, I, you I just was, didn't watch the last episode. I can't believe that was your pullout point. I just couldn't. I just couldn't. I love the original so much, and I just did not like where they were going with it, and I just I couldn't. But for me with TV, like, I, I watch on, on Netflix, they have the Marvel series. They have Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and all those. And I watch Daredevil season one and two. I watch Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones is my favorite Marvel series on there. It's really good. I wish you would watch it. I downloaded it to watch it when we were on vacation. You should watch it. It's instead great. I watched Breaking Bad. It's that's that's a that's my favorite one. And I didn't expect over it Punisher? to be. Yes. Even over Punisher, even though Punisher is my favorite character. The Jessica Jones one is that good. It's so, so good. Everything, it's great. It's that she's great. The whole cast is great. The villain's great. It's she's, just great. She's the B in Apartment 23. Yeah, I've never seen that. I don't care about that. Okay. <laughs> but but here's my issue with all of those that I watch. And I haven't, there's a lot of them I haven't watched. And that part of the reason, but I, I didn't watch Luke. I started watching Luke Cage. I bounced off of that pretty quick. Nothing wrong with it. My issue with TV in general, a lot of times is... For whatever, and it's really weird that they do this on Netflix, but they 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 have like a sh- you know an amount of episodes they have to do, and they've been doing like thirteen episode yeah. runs of these yeah. shows, and these shows don't need thirteen episodes for the most part. Right. They can so get the, them done in they, nine or ten. They drag out the pacing, so they, they're and they very have like decompressed, you know. Yeah. And I I hate that. Yeah, that's how. I, when I was super last summer, I was super duper into Law and Order SVU. Like, stick with me. I'm going somewhere with this. Like, I was super into it, right? Right. And I would watch... I remember. I was, like, 17 seasons in. Like, I watched it. <laughs> I watched. Did. I watched them all. And I swear to God, they could have been cut down from, like, 43 minutes or whatever to, like, 12. Yeah. It, that's about how much now, story Now, here's the was. thing. You know, I don't like that show anyway. I think that show is just terrible and laughable. Yeah. You However... Have, you have terrible taste. At the same time... When you're 17 seasons in, what you <laughs> right. know what I mean? Like, how many ideas right. are you going to have? I mean, they didn't have a good idea from the get-go. Do you think they're going to have one now? <laughs> you can't say Dick Wolf on TV. <laughs> you can't say Dick Wolf on TV. <laughs> <sighs> That's great. I love 30 Rock. Yeah. If they, See, there's a TV show we like. Yeah, and it, it's very few that I can go back and just watch every episode. That, Parks and Rec. I can watch Always Sunny. Always Sunny. First 10 seasons of The Simpsons. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Arrested Development. Arrested Development. First two seasons of Arrested Development, for the most part. <laughs> I can watch season three sometimes. I'm not a big fan of what they've done. We Kimmy haven't Schmidt. even watched season five. I like Kimmy, the first two seasons of Kimmy, Kimmy Schmidt. Schmidt. It's only really the first two seasons. Like I can't yeah. I can't get into this other this new season. I got to finish the, the new Kimmy Schmidt season. But so it doesn't I, feel so like what it is, Tina Fey. It doesn't no. it doesn't have her voice in it. And I don't know if she contributed there. or not. I don't think she did because she's been working on that Mean Girls the musical musical stuff. that her I don't and her hear her voice made. in like the one episode we watched. It, one episode was not Tina Fey. It was not that voice. It was not Yeah, it just wasn't that style of humor. You're right. And I don't I don't like what they did with it. I don't I don't like I what still they want did to finish it. it though. Cuz I do like uh, Ellie Kemper a lot. 
I like the character a lot, so I I, I do want to. And it's only eight episodes. Like that can't be that hard. But also, but it, I mean, while we're at it, since we're diverting completely from Evil Dead, just want to recommend. I, I've watched I've watched both seasons of Glow. I really like that. Really good. That's good. And you won't watch it. And I, I don't. I, it's not that I won't watch it. I just don't want to. I don't feel like that suffers from the decompression as much. I think this most recent season was only ten episodes, and I, it's it, it moves. Again, great characters, good writing. I want to find a show that I react to the way I reacted when I saw the Twin Peaks for the first time. Yeah. I don't know if you and for the first time, I mean, like nine years ago yeah. or eight years ago or six years ago or however long ago that was. Right. Because I remember I started it. They don't make shows like that anymore. It was. Yeah, clearly they tried to bring it back and it was nothing like that. It was so good. You would the be first asleep. Season was I thought was really you would good. be asleep, and I would be starting another episode, even though it was like almost midnight. And I am a nine thirty, ten o'clock at the latest kind of person. Yeah. And I would be starting another episode, yeah. and it was just so good. I couldn't. I couldn't not. It's all I wanted to do, and I haven't had a show like that since. And it bums me out. You should watch Ash versus Evil Dead. I, I don't it's even. It's the goriest like show I've ever seen on TV. It's fantastic. No, I'm it's good. very fun. And again, good, good good cast. And, let's uh, talk. Let's go back Campbell's and talk bad. about the Evil Dead again. All right. So anyway, I don't remember where I left off. So me neither. Let's see now. They uh, looking to get cast and crew together. Um, and oh yeah, and Bruce Campbell, of course, was Ash Williams. Yeah. The hero. Yeah. And just, just to kind of point out, this is I don't I I don't know if, if it's the only horror movie or horror series to do this, but it's the only one I know of where the protagonist is a dude. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's always, it's all the last survivor is always always a, it's a woman. Chick. It's, it's always a girl. It's, it's Laurie Strode. It's yeah, right. It's, it's, yeah. it's just kind of always been like that. Well, and this is the only one to divert. The, didn't they remake this one? Didn't they, they did. remake? And it was a girl. Yes. Who lived? Yes. Oh, there you go. They, they went back that. to the to the <laughs> formula. Right. So that's just kind of a, and it's not. I don't really have any opinion on that other than it's just unique you know what i mean yeah it's not like a right or wrong thing it's just one of those things it's like that's weird you know it's, right. it's like that's, that's weird that the the survivor is, is a dude in this one it definitely gives it makes it stand out though yeah so uh all right so they got an actress named ellen uh sandwise who she'd worked with them on some of the super eight movies including within the woods to play a character named cheryl then they had an open casting call for the other characters um, I'm not going to go through all their names because nobody knows who these people are. They yeah, really they do don't. However, I will talk about this guy. Tom Sullivan was asked to do special effects and makeup after working with them on It's Murder. Now, Tom Sullivan is a guy that here here in Northeast Ohio, in our sister city, Eagleton, I mean, Strongsville, <laughs> uh, they have a horror convention uh, twice a year, I believe. In a cinema wasteland, I couldn't remember the name of it. Yeah, Tom Sullivan is at like every cinema wasteland. Well, if he's only in Detroit. Yeah, I think he just lives in Detroit. From the one when we talked to him, the because we we went, it was probably like it's probably been 10, 12 years since last it's time we been, went to cinema wasteland. It's got to have been over ten years. Yeah, you bought that mask. Yeah, splatterhouse mask. Splatterhouse mask, and then he wore it for that Halloween, and that was the Halloween that I was Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, so the that's guy from the Splatterhouse video game and Marilyn Monroe, perfect yeah. couples costume. We were like, we, we, <laughs> we really were, nailed we it. We were on the same page that We're year. like, we just knock it out of the park with everything we do. 
<laughs> We're fucking killing it. But anyway, Tom Sullivan is always at Cinema Wasteland. He's a very nice guy. I had him sign some artwork. And he did, he did the special effects and designed the Necronomicon for Evil Dead. And what's cool is over there, you may you may have noticed, I have they, they one of the, which and we'll get into the many releases of Evil Dead on home video, but on one of the DVD releases, they did, the packaging is a Necronomicon. It's like a latex case. And Tom Sullivan did the design for the, the packaging. Yeah. So that's really cool. I need to go to Cinema Wasteland and actually have him sign because I have one for Evil Dead and one for Evil Dead 2. So I need to bring my Necronomicons to Cinema Wasteland and have Tom Sullivan sign What did them. you have him sign when we went? I just, well, I didn't, we didn't, We just kind of went there on a whim. We went there like, we were at the mall and we were like, let's go across the street to the Holiday yeah, Inn. Let's go, let's go, let's go to, to the Cinema Wasteland. Well, it's because I saw that guy in the Splatterhouse oh, mask yeah. and I was like, where did you get that? I need that. Yeah. And so we went there. So we didn't know who was there. And that's where, like, I ripped off William Forsythe, which is kind of funny. You're like, oh, no, I don't have any. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I, how about 10 bucks? That's where Lloyd Kaufman was filming a movie while we were there. Yeah. Lloyd Kaufman of, of the trauma bathroom. films. Yeah. You know, very uh, very famous for for uh, for those movies. Uh, Toxic Avenger. I couldn't think of the name. I'm thinking of Toxie. What's Toxie? They would call the character that. Oh, the lead character that there was a cartoon and everything. So, yeah, Tom Sullivan handled the effects. Very nice guy. And he, he made the Necronomicons for the movie. All right. So location where they filmed Sam Raimi and the crew. They originally wanted to shoot in Michigan, but winter was coming up soon. So they took a trip down south to scope out some locations and ended up choosing Tennessee <laughs> because they thought because it was further south, it would be warmer in the winter. So they arrived on November 11th, 1979. So they were able to locate a cabin with the help of the Tennessee Film Commission. Wait a second. It's a real cabin? Yeah. This was that. this was on location. This movie was shot on location. The majority oh, shit. of it. The majority of it was shot on location in Tennessee. Tell me more. So, but the cabin, people would go looking for the cabin, but it got struck by lightning and burned down shortly after, like a week after they finished filming there. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's not. So, yeah. That doesn't bode well. <laughs> so they were able to locate this cabin, but then they found out it was longer available. So the, the owners apparently got cold feet and pulled out. So they were lucky enough to find a guy named Gary Holt, who is, oh, that's Gary Holt. Gary Holt's a guitar player, I think. Anyway, I don't think it's the same guy. Uh, he helped them locate uh, living quarters in another cabin on November 13th. He was later credited as an assistant producer since he helped them uh, find it as well as getting them some publicity for the film. Dude, that's great. Like, I want to be an executive producer. Or was it assistant producer? What was it? I uh, be assistant that. producer. Yeah, I want to be that. So when the crew arrived at the location of the cabin, they discovered the cabin was overgrown and had a four-inch layer of cow manure all over the floors. Yeah. That's so many inches yeah. of cow Even one inch is a lot of inches. Four? Four inches of cow manure. And again, I, oh, some man. of the behind the scenes stuff I was watching, the featurettes and interviews. How does that happen? The the, the female actors, they were, they were talking about how Bruce Campbell, like he was a producer. He was sometimes, you know, a co-director. He was an actor and he was a shit shoveler. He helped get rid of all that manure, basically. So, yeah. And when it's low budget, you do you do everything. You wear all the hats. Well, like, yeah, when you're <laughs> you know? 21, you, you right. It's not. But 
Why was there for? But why? <laughs> because it was just out in the woods. They don't know if it was necessarily cow manure, but it, animal shit was all over the place because they would come. Animals, I'm sure, would go in there when it was cold. You know, they would find a structure and yeah. So that's could been goats. Who knows what what was? Oh my on god, there. do they have goats in Tennessee? <laughs> could have been raccoons. Oh, I'm sure god. it was a lot of rac- raccoon shit. Is huge. I learned that doing pest control. Shit, they shit as big as a person. How big? Do goat shit? I don't know. I we didn't deal. A, I didn't a, trap a lot of goats. We should get a goat. <laughs> I didn't trap any goats. <laughs> <laughs> I trapped exactly zero goats. We should get a goat, and that way we can find out. All right, so moving right along. To the goat farm, where we're going to go get our goats. The cabin did not even have a real cellar, and I'm sure you'll remember the basement is a big part of the Evil it's Dead. It's a big part. Yes. So they found out from the Tennessee Film Commission that the cabin dated back to the Civil War era. And the builder of the cabin was struck dead by lightning right before laying the last brick of the chimney. Okay, and then the, and then the cabin was also struck by lightning. Now listen, the, the story gets even better. So, mm, listen, I'm I'm not one for conspiracy theories. <laughs> Just kidding. Yes, I am. I'm not one for paranormal, <laughs> but that's an awful lot of lightning strikes. There was a story that, and I I can't find it here, but there was a great story that Sam Raimi told about the cabin and basically like the people who live there uh there was like a, a bit apparently there's a lot of lightning storms going on in tennessee at the time because uh this family that lived there there's like a, a girl and her mom and her grandma all lived in this cabin and one night there was a thunderstorm and the girl woke up she was scared she went to go to her mom and her mom was dead from what from just being dead so i i think so <laughs> I don't remember. I'm trying to go by memory here. But I don't think she, she wasn't struck by lightning, but she died. That's what so I was, then that's what she's like, asking. she finds her mom dead. She goes to her grandma. Her grandma also died that night. Yeah. This is the story Sam Raimi told. I don't know if it's true. This is the story Sam Raimi told about this cabin. I don't know if it's true either. But fuck that place. Right. I'm not fucking so going there. the girl Tennessee's left. garbage. Let's never go back there. She found some neighbors. And the girl, you know, they found her outside screaming and crying and stuff. So they took her in and, you know, she told them what happened. So they... They took care of her and stuff. That little girl grew up to be an old lady. And whenever there was a thunderstorm, she would go out wandering in, a, in the thunderstorm. Oh, like and dimension so style? The people, the people who took care of her showed up at the cabin while they were filming at one point looking for her because she, she would go out wandering during thunder. They thought they might find okay, her Okay, listen, I don't understand. She grew up to be an old lady. So yes. the people who were taking care of her should have been older than her. Yes. So they were like 100 Yes, I don't know. This is how he told the story. I'm just relaying the story. So, yeah, they, they would go out looking for her. I don't know. Maybe it was her daughter they're looking for her. I don't, I don't just, I'm, I'm fucking that sounds story like, up. That sounds like a creepypasta. That doesn't sound real. No, okay. it's the Sam Raimi one, so it's, it's good it's shit. A, the Sam Raimi creepypasta. <laughs> All right, so. Um, so these, like, 100-year-olds are looking for some 80-year-old in the men with dementia. Is that what I have to yeah. understand in the, yes. in the woods of Tennessee? I just fucked up the story, that's all. Because <laughs> do by half-assed research. Just relaying Imagine what I how good Our research would be so good if we didn't also work full time 50 right? hours a week. That's man, my just research so would be stellar. So everybody understands. We well, put, also, I wasn't, I, I didn't, I wasn't really going to go into that story. Is it because our podcast is running long? Is it running long? It's an hour. I don't have too much more here. Okay. Other than, I don't know if I mentioned, but it took about three months to shoot down at the cabin here. Um, oh, three months at being at that like creepy ass cabin where old women just drop dead and like sometimes right. get struck by lightning. So fuck on. that. 
there's a, I'll, I'll pull in a lot of this information, by the way, from a site called Deadite, deadites.net. Deadites are what they call the, the zombies in Evil Dead. This website has been around since like 1997. Just hardcore. It was like, it was around it was the same time. It same time as iQuest. Right. It came up when GeoCities yes. was coming up. Right. <laughs> That's when it went exactly. up. Exactly. Mm, GeoCities. And there's a great, great, great uh, evil, they called it Evil Dead Journal, but it's this guy, Josh Becker, who worked on the movie. He he kept a journal and it's published on here. And there, there's so much great information in, on here. So this was like a, a really grueling shoot for the actors because it was very cold and everything was on location. It was in Tennessee. Yeah, but it was a cold winter. And they do get cold winters on there. I remember right before I moved down there, they had the previous winter, there was a huge ice storm that knocked out power for days. Like everybody talked about it. You better fucking prepared because you know what? <laughs> they only have three snow trucks down there, like salt trucks, because they don't. In all of Tennessee, there are three in trucks? In Memphis, when I lived in Memphis. <laughs> I was like, yes, this, in all of Tennessee. I'm like, fuck for the Tennessee, whole state. Dude. <laughs> but no, in Memphis, in Memphis, where I lived. So it, where they were filming, I, I think, was closer to Knoxville. But Johnny Knoxville. But so it was real cold. To? They had this cabin. They they dug this fake cellar. You know, it was only like two or three feet to film a lot of those scenes. And then when you see actual basement scenes, those were filmed later in Detroit. So did they dig it under the house? Like yeah, that they was, they, that did, they did a lot of modifications. Cellar? They made windows and stuff. Yeah, they made modifications to a Civil War era house to the cabin. Yeah. Oh yeah. They did some crazy well, shit. Well, I guess it doesn't matter because the second they walked out, it fucking burnt down to the ground or whatever. They used live shotgun rounds. <laughs> Again, super low budget production. So, yeah, there were live shotgun rounds used. Obviously not, but only only pointed at, at props and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, this, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. The the contact lenses they used for the Ugh. deadites when the characters would become deadites. Yeah. They were, you know, they were called like the sclera lenses, but yeah, they, they, they would go. Like, and again, this is 79. So they didn't. The technology had not evolved like it is now. Hurt. Yeah, they did. They could only wear them for about 15 minutes at a time and they couldn't. They were literally blind for they, their, for they their like scenes. Cataracts. Yeah, like they were just contacts. white out and they were thick and painful. And they had like a device that they it was like a, a suction, suction cup. cup. Yeah, yeah that's put how the in, old contacts used to be. Yes, to put the, put them in these actors eyes. And That's fucking awful. So the scene where Cheryl is running through the woods and end up ends up getting tree raped. Gets she gets tree raped like you do sometimes. When yeah, you're in she Tennessee. gets raped by the trees. But Only that, in these fucking woods, apparently. But that scene where she's running, they were you know they're filming at night. It's cold. She's out there in like a nighty and underwear. Yeah, and her legs are just getting all cut up. There's blood flying on the camera and stuff. Just crazy shit all the time while they film this like movie i got like a cut on my job i'm like <laughs> i need i need to take a 10 and like relax she's fun to get the scene done she oh. these were all again they, they were young they were hungry they were there's most of these actors first and some of their last acting jobs you know yeah another one of the conditions that contributed to the misery of the actors is all the special effects there's tons of fake blood and it's cold and it's going everywhere. Are they like all they're all practical effects? Aren't yes. They? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Low budget practical effects. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that doesn't <laughs> sound like a good time. Like they would do things like uh, for one of one of the scenes, you know, the evil dead, they would call it like the force. It was a force that would move through the forest and they would just use 
the POV of the video camera going through. They mounted it on a board and kind of waved it up and down, back and forth to get the visual of the this evil dead force moving through the forest. Right. I know what you mean. So in one of the scenes, it just breaks through a window. Right. So what they did, they didn't have like, you know, that that That, stunt glass. Yeah. The the safe glass. Yeah. So they they had real glass and then they they mounted some like two by fours over it and just crashed the camera into it, broke the window, (laughs) like just just real glass flying everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Your face. You know what, though? I will say that. It sounds like how I would make a movie at 21. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't want any other way to do it. I right. mean, now, now we do. Now we have effects. But, like, back then it was, it's like, well, I'm 21. I have no money. And it's the 70s. So this is how we do it. So they didn't have anybody keeping track of continuity, which is when, you know, in a movie, like, they have to keep track of, okay, the actor gets cut on his face here. Because, you know, they don't, they don't film everything in sequence. Right. And they have to come back the next day and shoot stuff and everything. So they had nobody doing that. So that everybody was just, they were just like, there's no way this is going to get edited together and look right. But for the most part, it does. I mean, I'm not saying it's. Well, if you just cover everybody in blood all the time. Right. And that's pretty much what they did. <laughs> yeah. It was just blood and gore. At one point in the movie, movie forward, it's just constant blood and gore. Yeah. If you just do constant blood all the time, it's its its own kind of continuity. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's still somehow consistent. So eventually. They, they get the movie filmed and they get the, everything done in Tennessee. Pretty much all the actors, except for Bruce Campbell, leave the production. They've done their part, but they still have a lot of stuff to film. So they go back to Michigan and they they film in a real basement. All the basement scenes. Yeah, stuff, a lot, yeah. They, they film those. Um, they had what Sam Raimi called fake shemps, which, again, is a reference to the yeah, three stooges. Is, yeah. Where... He would just have his friends, you know, Robert Tapper, his brother, Ted Ramey, whoever. Um, they put him in this makeup and they would, you know, do these like fill in scenes and stuff as the deadites. Yeah. And they finally get the movie done. And it took like two or three years to get the movie done. So was that like Sam Raimi's full time job at the time? I don't know. Did he spend like three years making a movie? No, I they I when I was doing my research you know they they were working any job they could they were waiting tables they were doing whatever to they make were shop money. smart shop best mart yeah they yeah. were doing that they were working at the s mart so now that you know they, they want to get the movie released and it comes out at Cannes film festival con i guess con film festival i don't know how you pronounce that i'm not uh, french con, I'm all a yeah. quarter french but not really i'm not french though i don't know any <laughs> french it's like i'm american as fuck so stephen king sees the movie yeah you know who stephen king is right bitch so Stephen King gives it a fantastic review he was so inspired by it that he he like wrote up a review and they put a blurb on on the cover or on the poster for this movie so that that really helped I bet give it a higher profile because Stephen King is like this fucking movie he is horror yeah even back then he was you know well yeah Pet Cemetery was back then like yeah yeah Christine and Maximum Overdrive and all that kind of stuff. Carrie. Joe. Yeah. Story about a really mean dog. So it, it doesn't, you know, make a whole lot of money. doesn't really make a big splash, you know, but it, yeah, it does well thing. for its, its intended audience, basically. Now, also at the time, I, I, it did really well in, in the UK. And then I think it got bigger in America later. Now, what's funny about the UK thing is it, it got labeled a 
video nasty. Have you heard that term, video nasties? <laughs> no. Yeah, video nasties was do a you, thing. Do you know that in, in Britain they call bathing suits swimming costumes? Swimming costumes. <laughs> All like right, that. go ahead. So video nasty with my swimming costume. So Evil Dead and movies of that ilk were considered video nasties. It became this whole thing where... That it would get like a theatrical run and they would they would like cut it down, but then they would put the uncut Old version thing. on video and somebody caught wind of this and it became this whole uproar about video nasties and how terrible they were. And every I guess the tree rape scene was a big point of contention over there. Yeah, it's mainly because she's raped by a tree by a tree. Yeah. But this is this is what's crazy is. There's like an investigation into these movies and everything. Making and sure she wasn't actually being no, raped by a tree? I, I don't know the nature of because it. Because she wasn't. Sam Raimi actually had to go testify because he made The Evil Dead. I was watching an interview with Eli Roth. You remember we hung out with him in Vegas. Like Multiple times. Yeah, he was just he would just follow us he around just, Vegas. He just hung out. He was like, hey, there, there you are, you're all there. <laughs> but yeah. uh, when, when he was talking about the movie... Uh, Sam, Sam Raimi actually had to go and testify because he made Evil Dead. He he, he almost had to go like serve jail time <laughs> because Dude. because he made Evil Dead. <laughs> like Mark Zuckerberg is like, well, how do you make money? We run ads, sir. <laughs> like, that's what I picture. Whenever right. I picture people testifying now, I just picture him like, you're right. Yeah, I, I would love to see those tapes. Yeah. But again, Sam though, Raimi this tapes. also gives it a higher profile, though, too. Right. For people who hadn't heard of it and everything. Because all press is good press. Right. I mean, unless it's like really bad press, but no, I don't, I don't, it's still it's still pretty good press. I mean, there's people who almost get elected even though they're pedophiles. <laughs> like it's like pretty much all press is good press. Oh, that guy's a pedophile. Hmm. <laughs> I don't. Maybe maybe I'll vote for that guy. Like, I've no, heard I of know, him now. I, I know, know his, his name. name <laughs> right. right. That's so, the problem. It's yeah. that familiarity. Oh, who was God. that guy? What was the thing with him? I don't know. I don't get my vote though. Oh my God. <laughs> Why do I know his name? Everything I don't is, know. Everything. Everything is awful. <laughs> oh, he's a pedophile. Shit. I should not have voted for that guy. <laughs> Shit. That's where I know him from. Oh well. Jail. <laughs> Prison. <laughs> right. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's where I know I'm from the sex, or sex offender registry. <laughs> right. Fuck. <laughs> oh, gross. So anyway, it's it gets released over there. It gets so now it's it's getting released on home video. I didn't again this, you know, I'm four or five years old at the time. I did not hear of this movie until and I mentioned Evil Dead 2 on last podcast when I saw about Robocop mm-hmm. in 1987. Yeah, I never heard of Evil Dead till I saw the 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 ad in the paper for Evil Dead 2. And, you know, it intrigued me. It's nothing I really followed up on until a few years later. I had a neighbor, um, you know, I was a kid, but he he was an adult, and I was fascinated with, I was fascinated with with Nightmare on Elm Street at the time. And You really shouldn't hang out with adults as a child who are not related to They would let me watch movies. I would hang out with anybody who would let me watch movies or play video games. (laughs) I'm just saying, if some child showed up at our door... And they had food, they would have meat. I was like, do and you sugar. Have, do you have meat and movies? This was the and 80s. Like, it was fine. Nobody touched me. Nobody wanted to touch me. It was great. My one neighbor had an in-ground pool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You Who's get to the know that white guy. white girl now, bitch? <laughs> That's you. <laughs> so, but this this other neighbor, he, you know, he's, he's telling, I don't remember, you know, this a million years ago, but I, I'm guessing I asked him what is, what the scariest horror movie you'd ever seen was I was really into like Nightmare on Elm Street at the time I'd only right. seen like the first one and the third one or whatever whatever people would rent for me what and I love Freddy Krueger just love that character 
and he starts to, he starts telling me about Evil Dead Two, which is funny now because Evil Dead Two is not scary. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's a comedy, right? But he starts telling me, but he starts describing the scenes from Evil Dead Two. He's like, and then her her head gets slammed in the door, and her eyeball goes flying across the room, <laughs> and like so in funny. my mind, I'm like, this is horrifying. And then you see, it, and it's hilarious. It you is. know, it's, it's not like, at all. It's really funny. So he, Evil but Dead he's explaining Evil Dead Two. So now, and I, again, I remember I'd remembered the ad for Evil Dead Two, and I'm like, oh, it was one of those things I like mentally bookmarked. I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to check that out when I get the opportunity. <laughs> so I didn't end up seeing Evil Dead One until after Army of Darkness, which is actually Evil Dead Three. Um, Evil, I remember, and again, that was one of those things. I saw the ad that came out in 1992, and I saw the ad for Army of Darkness. And what was funny about that, again, not having seen them. I, I remembered this guy's description of Evil Dead 2. He's got a chainsaw on his arm. I'm like, this guy, this looks like the guy from the Evil Dead movies. And I never put it together because, not never, obviously, but at the you time. Never, ever. <laughs> until just now. But no, but <laughs> well, at the time. You figured it out. Not, it not out? having seen the Evil Dead movies, it was more of, is what is this? Is, is this a ripoff of Evil Dead? This is, this is, this is weird. Shop smart. So it, uh, it's it's like the early to mid '90s now, and I'm seeking. I'm able to get my own VHS tapes, and I am in search of Evil Dead. Turns out they they stopped producing Evil Dead videotapes sometime in like the late '80s, so they're scarce. Yeah, and it's a cult hit. So what happened? It, at one point, Evil Dead became the most stolen videotape from video stores. Block, yeah, yeah, from video rental stores. Because you, you couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, now you can't even find video rental stores anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Somebody took all those. <laughs> somebody somebody stole all of them. to Alaska. <laughs> like, but, I don't even know where they have them now. So I'm in search of the first Evil Dead. And I find it at my local Blockbuster. And I remember it clear as day. It had a white plastic case. And it had the original artwork on it, but it had a big like the white. Big, the big, like, plastic where it's, like, thinner, where it closes, and then yes, it comes Yes, it's, like, oversized. It's, like, this weird like Disney movie. case. And I find it, and I rent it. And I'm so excited to watch it. And I go home, and I'm watching it, and I get to one of the scenes where Ash's now-possessed deadite girlfriend, Linda, is just sitting there laughing at him. And I had to turn it off. It was like the first time I, you know, I'd seen Nightmare on Elm Street. I'd seen You're Friday like, the 13th. I need to rest. And I was, it was watching at night by myself. And I was literally, it scared the shit out of me at the time. I was like, this is so weird because and Edgar, this is a, a quote from Edgar Wright. You know, what Edgar Wright is. Of course I do. So, but when he was talking about Evil Dead, he said most, most horror movies from that era are about characters getting picked off. Yeah. In this movie, it's about one guy getting picked on. Yeah. And that's what it was, you know, and her just sitting there fucking with him, just laughing at him. It, it creeped or, me the fuck out. Like Plus his, that makeup. There's something about low budget makeup and stuff. It, which it just, is like way scarier. Yeah. And then like when his friend, whatever his name was, is is Scott. dying. Scott is dying. <laughs> like the deadites like, I don't want to die. <laughs> right. like just taunting Just him. mocking him. Yeah. It's like, so funny. Like, it's oh! funny, but it's also it's also horrifying. They right. got the one chick. And the other thing that was that I thought was really cool and scary is it's your friends now. That's why Ash doesn't yeah. want to, you know, your friends are turning That's into these deadites. He just hesitated with Linda. And it's different from zombies because the deadites have a brain. You know what I mean? They're yeah. not just the no. whole time. They're so they would actually change their form back into the person and be like, oh, Ash, I'm OK. Yeah. And fuck with them some more and then be like, ha ha ha. And start attacking him. It, 
But yeah, that that scene, I I remember watching that for the first time, and it, it actually it's like that's the first time I remember being legitimately scared of a movie while watching the movie. Usually, I would get scared of movies like later. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? like when like I go to Blair sleep Witch at night. When you like go out in the woods and you're like, oh. <laughs> right? Or with Nightmare on Elm Street, it's like, holy fuck, I have to go to sleep now. <laughs> like, shit, I did not plan my day well. <laughs> right. Turns out I should watch this first thing in the morning. Right. So anyway, so I. I rented that and then I take it back to Blockbuster and I this is another memory I have. I go up to the, the, the guy and I'm like, how much would it cost for me to not return this movie? Yeah, you <laughs> couldn't buy it. it. Right. And this was a this was a terrible copy. I should also point there were like two points in the VHS tape where it it just turned to like static briefly. Yeah, it's terrible. It had been watched a billion times, clearly. And it was the only copy they have. And he's like, he looks it up. He's like, uh, be ninety dollars. I'm like, okay, here you go. <laughs> I'm like, I like this movie a lot, but I don't want this shitty copy for ninety dollars because it was a shitty copy. And man, it was ninety dollars in, in what twenty years ago, thirty years ago. Yeah, but I was a teenager and I was working like three jobs. Okay, so. I'm not saying you didn't have ninety dollars. I'm just right. saying with inflation, that's a lot. I would have bought it if it was a clean copy. I would have been like, okay. It was eighty or ninety bucks. I don't remember. If it was ninety. It might have been. It might have been Why eighty. Why were movies but, so expensive? Well, it, well, that's the oh, thing too. It was out of print. It was out of print, but also there were. I remember too at the time there were some movies that didn't come out. They were only released for rental, and they were very expensive. They were usually around a hundred dollars if you wanted to buy them, and then like later on they'd come out for twenty bucks or whatever. Yeah. But not not every movie, but just certain movies. I don't know how that worked or why, but there were certain movies, and also the other thing too was rental places had to pay more for movies too like they had a different price they couldn't buy batman for twenty dollars and rent it out because they were making money off of it too so i think that played into it as well but i remember too like i said certain movies it's like oh i want to buy this but for whatever reason there was no like retail version of it there was only like the rental version of it so i did not end up stealing evil dead even though i wanted to that's not so much stealing as it is purchasing so yeah I mean, I was offering to pay for it, basically, because I wanted to, you know, be able to rent movies still. Right. And so. Like, I don't want to, you know, Baskin Robbins always finds If it was out. like 40 bucks, I would have done it. For $40, I would have had a shitty copy of Evil Dead. So let's fast forward now to 1998. Evil Dead is my favorite horror movie. Evil Dead 2 is fantastic. I've, I ha- I've seen all the movies. I've seen Army of Darkness. And you still can't find these fucking movies. But how, this company comes along, Anchor Bay Entertainment. Mm-hmm in 98 and all of a sudden the market is flooded with evil dead on vhs right yeah Yeah. i'm excited there's like multiple covers multiple limited editions this that and the other and i remember i bought my copy evil dead it had a plastic it was like a silver gray case had really cool artwork i was so happy to have evil dead and then like a few months later came out on dvd it's like god damn it so i buy the elite entertainment version of the movie which was cool because it was the the movie was filmed in a 133 to 1 aspect ratio or or 4 by 3 however you want to call it uh, which you know which was the old TV before widescreen televisions right. and the elite entertainment DVD was actually maintained that aspect ratio and the current blu-ray has that but it also has a 185 to 1 a more widescreen version too a Sam Raimi so it's approved kind of blown up so, yeah, it's like zoomed in. Yeah. But it, and that's what we were watching. And, you know, normally I don't like to deviate from an aspect ratio, but this is a Sam Raimi approved. He's he's the one he went in and did it. He he, he edited it 
into that. And you don't really miss a lot, to be honest. And I just like it because it, it actually fills up the screen. Yeah. But yeah, ever since then, though, there have been that's probably the, the three Evil Dead movies, Evil Dead itself and Army of Darkness. Evil Dead 2, I didn't really buy a lot of copies of. I had I have a DVD version and I have a Blu-ray version. And that's that's pretty much it. And I had a VHS version at one point, I think. Actually, I don't, I don't remember if I did. I might be lying. But Evil Dead 1, though, I bought on VHS. I bought on DVD. I bought the the new DVD, the remastered DVD release. I bought it on Blu-ray. Yeah, I bought the Necronomicon edition. And then same thing with Army of Darkness had so many different cuts. There was the theatrical cut. There was the international cut. There was the director's cut. There was the uncut. There was all these cuts. There was the bootleg cut. It was There's like, like how many cuts you want. Yeah. And yo, and dog, I heard you like cuts. So the first so we made cuts on the cuts. The first release, the first DVD release was great. It had all the cuts in there and it had this great Boris Vallejo artwork and stuff. It, it was a fantastic release. And and then when it came out on Blu-ray, it was the universal theatrical cut. And that was it. It was it was lame. And it's funny because I, I the theatrical cut is probably my favorite cut. One of my favorite cuts. I like the ending of the theatrical cut. I don't like the ending of the director's cut. But eventually, uh, who is it that Scream or Shout Factory, I think, put out or maybe it was Scream Factory. I think it's Shout Factory uh, put out. An, are those two different companies or are you just not able to remember what their name is? I'm not able to remember. Okay. I know Shout Factory is a thing. I think one of them was like music, one of them was movies. I'm getting all, I'm old, sorry. So anyway, they they re-released Army of Darkness on Blu-ray with all the cuts, and now I have that, so I have a Oh, very, thank God. Yes, you, well, got, you got to have all the cuts. You, you, you just have to. Do you? Yes. But, but do you, though? <laughs> yes, if you like Evil if it's your favorite horror movie. And then they, you know, finally, everybody's clamoring for Evil Dead 4. Stars puts out Ash vs. Evil Dead. I watched the first two seasons. It's good. It's enjoyable. It's it's great to just see Bruce Campbell as Ash again. You know, there was the 2013 remake, which was good. It was a solid remake of Evil Dead. I enjoyed it. It was okay and on its own. Yeah. To me, I, I didn't. It didn't. Really no, like it doesn't it hold Evil up Dead compared movie. to the original, but it's enjoyable yeah, on its, its own. It's a good. It's it's a fun standalone movie. And I'm glad they went back to uh, Bruce Campbell and Ash, although it definitely you know Evil Dead Two was like a horror comedy. And then was, Army of Darkness funny. was like an action comedy. You know what I mean? It wasn't even yeah. horror anymore. Yeah. Ash versus Evil Dead has the tone of Evil Dead 2. It's definitely comedic. Yeah. It's the Ash of Army of Darkness, the smart-ass, arrogant, douchebag character from Army of Darkness, but mixed with the gore from like Evil Dead 1 and 2. That's part of the reason, part of the reason that Evil Dead 2 is comedic is because Sam Raimi got so much shit for the first one I had to go to fucking court over making a movie <laughs> that he put a comedic tone on it and they use like the different colored bloods and stuff because when these movies came out they like when Evil Dead 2 came out it was it was an X-rated movie we've really got to talk more about X-rating because I don't fully understand that but yeah. this is not that podcast I know we didn't discuss I gotta do I don't movie. I gotta do research I don't know if there is a single <laughs> X double X triple I've always next known everything up, is triple X next up on our uh, next episode we discuss uh MPA rating. <laughs> right. The creation of the PG-13 rating. I remember that. I, re I remember the creation of the NC-17 rating, too. was some Uma Thurman movie. It was the first movie to get that. I, can't, I don't remember the name of it, though. But I remember it was the first time I had ever even heard of Uma Thurman. And her ugly feet. <laughs> her, ugly her terrible feet. feet that Quentin Tarantino is obsessed with. Hey, man. Whatever. All right. So, yeah. If you haven't seen the original Evil Dead from 
the early 80s, <laughs> whatever year it yeah, officially came out. Somewhere between 81 and 83. But literally, if you look at the, I remember looking at the the boxes for like the VHS when I had in the DVD. Someone will say 81, someone will say 82. Is that just that version? Because, you know, books are I, like that. I don't know. Huh. I'm looking it up because. You just got to know. We are that I think 81 is considered the official release date. But at the same time, sometimes people at the same time people say eighty-one. It yeah. took four years to make the movie. Well, that's not NC possible. NC seventeen rating. Yes, yeah, that's always been because it never it never played in like real theaters. It was always the release grindhouses date. and the drive-ins. Release date in the USA was October fifteenth, nineteen eighty-one. I was four months old. Yeah. And now here we are talking about this. Their budget was three fifty, like you said. Well, yeah. I, I, and their box stuff. office was twenty nine point four million. That's worldwide. In the in the U.S., oh. I think it only did like two point four million. Okay, well that's a lot of money. That's a shit ton of money yeah, on a on a money. less than a half a million dollar movie. Well, like, <laughs> you're like it only did like. And it, I would I would love to know what it's made on home video. I don't know that a movie has been released more times than The Evil Dead. Because if you go back <laughs> through its history, the the version I first uh, rented. I think that was like I think the company was called Thorn or something. Thorn EMI released that. Then Canon released one. HBO released one. There was a Japanese Laserdisc. Ah, Laserdisc. Yeah. Hey, you want to know what's funny? Is I could see Sean has a photographic memory. Sometimes. <laughs> you do if you see something. Words. I, I yeah. can spell words. If I see a word how it's spelled, I can remember how it's spelled forever. When for he's reason. trying to remember things. He looks off in his face and squints, and I could tell he's trying to envision what he saw. <laughs> I didn't know I did that. Yeah, he did. He, so it's very interesting. It's like he's like thornyamai, like as he's as he's. I'm thinking of the logo the, literally yes. as it goes sideways it's up the box. So see, it, living with someone who has a photographic memory is so weird because I'll just be <laughs> like, oh, I don't know, no, I don't, I don't know. Like I've forgotten it. The second I saw it, I was out of my. I head only forever. remember things like. Evil, evil dead video distributors, though. That's 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 the important things. Those, that's what I remember. That's what his brain is just chock full. That and spelling. Yeah, he'll spell, he can spell the most anything. Worthless skill in the world now. <laughs> With everything has your goddamn phone has spell check, but I, don't worry, I know how to spell it. Yeah, you do. You know how to spell everything. All right, awesome. So yeah. Anyway, I just. Oh my god. Go anyway, watch Evil we're dead. going back. We're yeah, going back go back. To... I just I just want to put a plea out there. Watch Evil Dead. Or don't, don't. don't watch it with your small children. Even and, oh, let me say this too: it doesn't. It's not a great movie. <laughs> if that makes any sense, the writing is atrocious. The acting is not good. These are young actors, very young actors, in their very first movie. That's not why the movie is great. The movie is great. Uh, the pacing of the movie is fantastic. It's just it just moves. It's an incredibly visceral film, and the all the effects are practical effects. So. There's even stop motion animation at one point, and it's it doesn't you, you just gotta appreciate it as a time capsule almost. But the level of gore is just fantastic, and it inspired people like Peter Jackson, who made a movie. One of his first movies was called Brain Dead. In America, we know it as Dead Alive, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was called Brain Dead. But he made a movie called Dead Alive, and it's a zombie flick. Which that, I that's dead alive. I remember it with the guy with the lawnmower just rolling over zombies. And but that was heavily inspired. That was the 90s. 
though. When it was on VHS, yeah. 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 So that was when it, yeah, that was, I don't remember when it actually came out, late 80s, early 90s. But yeah, I remember that. I remember running that. But that was one of his first movies besides, like, Meet the Feebles, which was, like, this X-rated Muppets thing that he did. Oh, no, no. But, yeah, but, yeah, Dead Alive came out and... Again, yeah, very obviously heavily inspired. Like one of my favorite scenes from Dead Alive, just as an aside, is when they're all sitting around the dinner table and he has like his mom is a zombie. She's like decomposing and her, her like face or her uh, face. Uh, OK, no, like no. this pus uh, uh, no, trips into her soup or whatever. <laughs> I will vomit on this mic. It'll be the end it was of a gory podcast. flick. It was great. It was great fun. I can't. It's, I, I love knowing where these directors, you know, Sam Raimi, you know, who's like well-known established director now this is how he started same with peter jackson you know well-known established very powerful now he's super into like woman and fish sex or whatever oh no wait, that's no you're guillermo thinking del you're thinking guillermo del toro <laughs> i was like whatever <laughs> no peter jackson really lord of the rings oh yeah 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 peter that's jackson. peter jackson they both have beards right and they're both like brunettes sam raimi doesn't really have a beard not sam raimi oh talking about peter jackson and guillermo oh yeah del toro. Yeah, but one's a Kiwi, one's uh, uh, Hispanic, nah. <laughs> Mexican, I think. He's from Mexico. Is he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what he's he is. Either Maybe he's Spanish. I don't know. He might be a Spaniard. He's, he's Mexican or Spanish. I don't know. All right, awesome. Are we done? Did we do it? <laughs> did we do it? <laughs> I think we did it. This like, is an hour. Subscribe, like, share. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, do all that stuff. Check out our also, Patreon. I'm interested to find out how long this is. Because it is at an hour and a half. So let's see how I can edit it down. Well, this makes some people happy. Again, part of our audience likes part, a long podcast. Right. Other people are like 35 minutes in, probably like, I'm done. Shut yeah, the fuck literally up. half of the audience is like, talk for seven hours. And the other half is like, talk for 20, maybe 25 minutes. It's like, mm, can't please them all. Sorry. Well, that's, that's the, I think. I think it doesn't matter ultimately as long as they just download it. Well, <laughs> like, download we don't really it, care when then, you turn it off. <laughs> and then, like, if you just listen to it for 25 minutes, that's all you want to listen to it to for. Right. Like, it's not that, it's not a big deal. Like, don't overthink it. It's a goddamn <laughs> podcast. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Just kidding. We're back for a second because the second I hit stop, I remembered that I have Patreon stickers that I've announced in the group. And they are going out to the Patreon folks next week. They'll be here. I'll have them here, assuming everything's okay with them, um, on Monday, which is actually the day this episode comes out. And then all future Patreon donors will get a sticker, regardless of your donation level. So most of the stuff, the merch will start, is kind of like a $5 and up once we start getting merch in. That's where the discount codes and stuff will come. But for the stickers, we're just going to send them out to any any of our patrons. So some of you have sent me your address. Some of you have not. If you want to get in on this, that's you still can. Just go to patreon.com slash couple goals podcast. OK, so now bye. 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 <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>